Richard Naruka, one of Britain's most successful long-distance runners. He came fifth in the marathon at the 1996 Olympic Games and has now retired from competition. To cut a long story short, I was a good schoolboy runner, not the best in the country, and I suppose it was towards the end of my first university degree that I reached national level and realised that I was good enough if I continued to train hard to make the national team. And that was in 1987 that I became aware of my potential. And I suppose from then on, it was just a gradual process of first making the British team and then winning a national title and then going on to higher honours at world level. I suppose in the early days when you are making your breakthrough to get to national level and then to get onto the British team, it's a very exciting time in your career because everything's new and things that previously you'd only dreamed about, you're actually you know, realising for yourself. In later years, I suppose, the sensation changes because it becomes much more a quest for fulfilment and I suppose there are more disappointments than there are, or as many disappointments as there are moments of intense satisfaction, simply because you, you set yourself much higher standards. I've actually got out my training diary here because it isn't easy to say what a typical week's training is. My training does vary quite a lot from week to week and from season to season within any, any year. So on Monday I did a morning run which was 16 kilometres and I ran that in an hour and then in the afternoon I did a run of 11 kilometres and that took me about three quarters of an hour. On Tuesday I did a morning run of about 10 kilometres and that took me 40 minutes. And then in the afternoon, I did a track workout, a total distance of about 10 miles. But in that 10 miles, I was running 20 400-metre repetitions. On Wednesday, I did another 10-kilometre morning run of 40 minutes. And in the afternoon, I did another 10-kilometre run of 40 minutes. On Thursday morning, I did a hill workout which meant that I went to a hill and I ran up it 10 times as fast as I could and in the afternoon I did a relatively easy run of about 12 kilometers which took me just over 50 minutes. On Friday I did a brisk 10 mile run 16 kilometers which took me just under an hour and in the afternoon I did a 8 kilometer easy run. On Saturday morning I did a tempo run of 20 minutes with a warm-up and warm-down and uh, had Saturday afternoon off. And then on Sunday morning, I did a what I'd call a long run, which was about 16, 17 miles, which took me an hour and 50 minutes. The most obvious problems related to overtraining are illness and injury. When you're competing and training at the level that I am, and you know many elite athletes are, then you're obviously pushing yourself to the limit and you're often wanting to discover new limits to your training and competitive capabilities. And when you're at that level, when you're at that limit, then it's quite easy that you're going to break down unless you're very sensitive and sensible 
about how your body is, is coping with the stresses that is being asked of it. I think for the elite athlete, competitiveness is part and parcel of training and competition. But it has to be said that not everyone who takes part in exercise has to be competitive. As an athlete, you're pushing yourself so hard and you're having to put up with quite a lot of pain and suffering in the course of training, not to mention the sacrifices that you're making in your lifestyle, that it's got to be worth it. And for the non-elite athlete who takes part in exercise, there can be lesser motivations. But for the elite athlete, the competitive drive is so central to their reason for being involved. Running is a great way to unwind, to get rid of stresses in your life. And I think I've found that personally, and I I know that so many other runners who I come into contact with would say the same. And I think the process that's involved there is that you go out the door for a run and you've got so many things on your mind, but by the time you've come back from your run, you've somehow let go of those thoughts or you've sorted them out. They sort of seem to be less important than they were previously if they'd been bugging you or something like that. And I think that is speaking about the subconscious workings of your mind when you're involved in exercise. So I suppose that's one very obvious and immediate spiritual dimension to running that I've experienced and I think I probably experience on a daily basis. And I can also say that on the rare occasions that I don't go out for a run, I think I'm probably missing the run as much from that point of view as I am from the point of view of, you know, really pushing myself to the limit, which is perhaps another sort of satisfaction that you get from running. I think there's another spiritual dimension, if you like, to being involved in exercise. Some people would say that when they go out for a run, they're in an environment in which they can pray in some sort of religious sense. Now, I'm not one of those athletes, to be honest. I mean, I, I do pray, but I don't pray when I'm out running because I just find that I'm not very good at focusing on any one particular thought when I'm out running. My mind wanders a lot, which actually is coming back to what I said at the start about letting go of a number of thoughts. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.